Welcome to the Outpatient Surgery Magazine podcast collection. Outpatient Surgery Magazine hosts conversations with experts from the outpatient surgery community on topics that impact your world today. We hope these conversations will help stakeholders from outpatient facilities, associations, and industry across the country focus on the future and generate ideas and solutions for safe surgery together. Welcome to the Outpatient Surgery Magazine podcast collection. I'm Jared Bilski, and I am the managing editor of Outpatient Surgery Magazine. Today's podcast, Resiliency in the Face of Adversity. I'm here today with Julia Scotty, comedian and motivational speaker, who is going to be presenting at OR Excellence in the fall. Julia Scotty, in addition to performing stand-up in top venues across the country, she was featured on the Showtime special, More Funny Women of a Certain Age. She was the star of Susan Sandler's acclaimed documentary, Julia Scotty, Funny That Way. She just did a cameo in Judd Apatow Universal Pictures film Bros, starring Billy Eichner, which is slated for release next year. Julia was also a quarter finalist in America's Got Talent back in 2016 and continues to remain a fan favorite of AGT audience all around the world. She is named one of the top five transgender comics in the country by Advocate Magazine and was dubbed our next Betty White by Deadline Magazine. We're happy to have her here today. Welcome, Julia. Thank you. After hearing all that stuff, I'm done. I, 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 I'm, I'm out of here. I, I don't know. Yeah. I got no. There's still there's still a lot of room on that bio. I could add there lots and lot. lots of stuff. You've done you've accomplished a lot and we're really really excited to have you. Thank you. And and I'm a former outpatient uh, several times. So okay. I was an inpatient and an outpatient. We will definitely talk to you about that. All right. So you're coming to our conference in Orlando, the OR Excellence Conference, to present to the audience on the topic of resilience, which is a huge topic for our audience. What does resilience mean to you personally? You know, I thought about this question, and it I think it means you, you first become aware of how resilient you are the first time life dumps a big load of horse manure on your head. And you have the choice between digging out of it or just sitting there and stinking up the joint. And that's that happened to me when I was a kid, and I, and I wanted to talk about this. Uh, I was a Boy Scout, believe it or not, and uh, uh, Catholic schools, for some reason, they think that boxing makes a man out of you. <laughs> Look how that worked out. Anyway, they put me in the ring with this kid who was like twice my size and twenty pounds, my you know, a couple of years older, beat the hell out of me. But I kept getting up. I kept getting up and I kept trying to beat him. And I, and he, he did, I didn't obviously, but, uh, the first, that's the, one of the first lessons I learned about getting up, even when you're on the, on, on the mats, you know, uh, my parents divorced when I was young I, and I, and I was, it was a source of great shame and embarrassment for me. Uh, so I guess if I had to capsulize it, you know, coming back, my career after the surgery, after being away for 10 years, after tra- you know, changing my name, my, my gender, all of it, and still coming back and being successful. Resilience just means you, I'm not done yet. Uh, you know, you're going to listen to me one way or another. So piggybacking off of that, you've been resilient your whole life in one way or another. Um, what advice would you have for people that are struggling in that area? I look at every situation you're faced with, good or bad, but we're talking in this case, the stuff that hurts you, as a story, a complete story. 
And every story has a beginning and a middle and an end. And you have to look, step back from yourself and look where you are in that particular story. And, and you may be in the middle of it and everything might look hopeless. But if you give up there, then you already wrote the ending to the story. But if you keep plowing ahead and see yourself on the other side of this, chances are pretty good you're going to come out on a positive note. You're a motivational speaker, but you're primarily known as a comedian, successful touring professional stand-up comedian. How does the prospect of coming to the OR Excellence Conference and presenting a funny but also motivational talk to an audience of surgical facility leaders differ from, say, performing stand-up comedy at a club or a theater? Um, I, I have great respect for your, this profession, and, 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 I, and I feel like with all of the tragedy and you, you people face on a daily basis, it's, you know, the one thing you have is resilience, and the one thing you do have is a sense of humor, and it may be dark sometimes, and I get that, and that's, that's very cool. And, and I, I, I guess I want to bring some of that. I have the same feelings and I guess I want to bring something of that to the, to this show. I don't want to call it a show, but to this event, it's different. It's different. And it's the same from doing it in a theater or a club because it's, it's very specific. Um, I'm going to try to, you know, relate my stuff to the, to the people in the audience, the profession in the audience. I, I think it'll be fun. I get a little dark. I'm looking forward to that. So now jumping into uh, to COVID. As healthcare professionals, um, COVID obviously had a huge impact on our audience, the men and women who run outpatient facilities. But as someone who is, who's, who's living is dependent upon performing live, the pandemic probably had an even more drastic impact on you. So you know, what did the pandemic teach you about yourself and, and how did it test the resilience that you were talking about earlier? Well, first of all, I don't think, I don't think it had a bigger, a drastic, more drastic impact on me than it did on the medical profession. I, you know, we've all sat back and watched the news back then every single day and watched the amazing work that the medical profession did in the face of a lot of blowback from certain factions of the you know, country. Uh, so nothing could have been more drastic to a person. For me, I didn't work. I mean, I've been a comic for 40 years. I've gone through periods where I didn't work. In the beginning, I never got paid for what I did. Uh, I wrote a play. You know, I made the best use of my time. I was resilient. I bounced back. Um, I also delivered chicken. You know, <laughs> I drove for DoorDash. Because I needed to, and that's what that's what puts money in my pot, you know, bread on the table. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a single woman. I live by myself, so I made the most of it. It was not something I want to go through again, but yeah, it tested my resilience. And and like I said earlier, every single event uh, tests your resilience, uh, and there's a beginning, a middle, and an end to it. And I knew that somehow this this thing would end, and I'd get back to work eventually. I didn't know when, but I did. And now here we are. And yes, and now I know where the best chicken place is. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, your personal experience with surgery. Years ago, um, you underwent a completely life-altering surgery. Um, can you talk about that experience 
on a personal level and what it was like um, going through that as a patient? Well, actually, I've been through two life-altering surgeries. Uh, which one are we talking about? Um, I'm talking about transitioning to Julia. Okay. Well, I had to go to Canada for it because it was 20 years, 22 years, 20 years ago, I'm sorry, 2002. And there, there weren't a lot of qualified surgeons in this country at that time. And uh, I was fortunate uh, to have it done in Montreal. Um, the experience was joyful to some extent, heartbreaking in other ways, losing my children, losing all my friends, you know. Uh, but finding myself, it, it, you know, you're kind of balancing those two the whole time. Um, as a patient, though, they were up there with extremely health. You know, they, they, that's all they did. They took such good care of us. They understood how big a deal this was long before in America, uh, you know, doctors understood how big a deal it was. But they just, this place I went to was devoted to nothing but uh, life affirm, uh, gender affirming surgeries. It was when I got home as a patient that it was the nightmares began because I had complications after that. I needed a, uh, I needed a gynecologist desperately and uh, couldn't find one. Not just couldn't find one, I was told by several uh, that they didn't handle my, my kind. And uh, it was a it was a very depressing period in my life. But again, going back to what I said earlier, it was part of my story. I knew where I was in the story, and I knew that if I could just hold out for six months, um, all of this would have will have passed, and my I would feel normal again, you know, healthy again. So as a patient, it was as we say in Italian, mezza mezza, good and bad. Thank you. Thanks for. Thanks for sharing that. How how much better could the experience have been for you if you had caregivers that that were trained and empathetic and you can come back to this country and you didn't have to worry about everything that stemmed from that surgery and, and just worry about becoming who you were, who you were meant to be? I you know, people sometimes look at trans folks as something different, something alien, like a, like you know, like we landed here from another planet. Truth is, we've been in, we've been in society since the beginning of time. It's just now that you're starting to hear about us because we're finally, you know, coming out and, and letting the world know that we're here. But I, I had an issue, and, and this is in the movie, the documentary, where I went to have, when I had my open heart surgery that I had a, a physical therapist or a resp- no, it's physical therapist, uh, who, this was a guy, an supposedly intelligent man. In his twenties, kept calling me he, and I continually corrected him, and and he had obviously built-in prejudices against trans folks, but the, I don't care about that. I don't care what your problems are. If I ask you to respect me as a human being, and I ask you to call me by my name or by my gender, which I have a birth certificate for now, then do it. You know, I don't care what your personal problems are. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's also supposed to be someone that you're trusting to take care well, of. That was the thing. This year's a hospital that saved my life. I, I literally was about to die. And they, and I, God bless those people. They, they saved my life. And, you know, rather than 
I was, what was I, three, four days out of surgery. Uh, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just grasping to, to life here. And this guy comes along and he just can't let it go, you know. And then he's supposed to be the healer. They're supposed to be the ones where I feel safe. And I didn't around him. I truly didn't. So that's a lot of power in the caregiver's hand that, you know, this time later, after everything, that sounds like it's still a, a very open kind of wound and it's still a visceral memory for you. And if I could speak for the layperson, the, 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 uh, we don't need a lot in the way of, you know, a full-time attention. We just need a hand, a smile. Just let us know everything's all right. Sometimes that's all the difference in the world. And, and, and in terms of resilience, sometimes that's all we need. I said, you can take that. I, I tell this story on stage. Okay. When I started doing comedy, uh, my very first opening act, uh, opening for celebrity show was for Lou Rawls. I know some of you people may not remember him, but he was a hero of mine. I loved his voice. I loved, had all his records. He was, so I was all excited, you know, but I was only in comedy a few years, maybe three, four years. I wasn't ready to open for a guy like this. I get booked on the show and I want to meet him. Because I can hear him backstage get a really big, deep, booming voice. So I went back and I introduced myself. And uh, he must have noticed. He couldn't have been friendlier. He must have noticed that I was nervous. And he said, what's wrong? And I told him, I said, look, I, I want to, you know, I want you to like what I do. I'm, I'm honored to be here on the show with you. He goes, come with me. Come with me. This is a guy's superstar. Let's get work with Sam Cooke for crying out loud. He, you know, Takes me outside the doorway backstage. I went out to the parking lot. We're standing out there. And um, um, he said to me, you're here because somebody thought you were good enough to be here. That's, you need to understand that. He goes, and that's good enough for me. You know, uh, and he said, I know you're going to go out and have a great show because you must have been having good shows all along to get here. And he goes, just calm down, man. He's <laughs> no, we walked back in and I did, I killed. And he, and he was in the wings when I came off. But he just, you know, he had this great big smile, you know. And uh, uh, every time I think of him, and I've told comics that, young comics all, all, all through my career, that story, because it's a, it is a matter of resilience. Because I was not feeling like I was worthy of being anything. But I was at the beginning of my story. See, that's the thing. And you got to put one foot in front of your other, the other sometimes and just, and, and just, you know, I hate to mix metaphors, but you don't know if you can fly until you jump off the mountain and flap, it, flap your wings, you know, and that's a good time to learn. So it, you just got to keep coming back from just keep coming back and don't ever give up if that's what you want. Yeah. That, I love that story. And yeah, there's one thing, I mean, anyone Anyone that's going to be in attendance at, at our excellence, you're going to get Julia. Like when she's on a stage, she owns that stage. And I've had the, the pleasure of seeing you, I don't know, like a dozen times throughout, you know, the years and stuff like that. But there's a real um, joy, like to your performance. Like it's, you know, you can tell, you can, you've seen entertainers who are completely faking it or just kind of going through the motions. But it's a hundred percent genuine and um you know how much of that is just 
the kind of space you're in your life. Cause you seem like a genuinely happy person when you sit, sit down and talk to you about life, like we're doing right now. Um, I am, I've, I say that, you know, you can be, you can be happy and you can be at peace, but then you don't necessarily get both of them. But when you get both of them together, life is good. I have both of them. It took me, the road's been really kind of bumpy, you know, uh, but you have to follow your heart. You know, you, that, that, that quiet voice in you that tells you, that pushes you ahead and said, this is where you belong. You know, when I, growing up in, a, in an Italian Catholic household, you know, you have showbiz, uh, show business aspirations and, you know, they, they smack you in the head, you know, go get a job, go get a trade. You don't want to wind up in the gutter, da, 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 da. Um, and that's resilience. That's where I learned it. You know, people telling me, no, 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 no. And I kept going, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but I really want to, you know, and, and this business, this job I do, um, you're right. I love it. I, I love it. It's a calling. It's almost a religious calling for me. And every comic that I know that's worth his or her salt feels the same way. Uh, we were we were we're blessed to be able to do this, uh, do it well, and uh, enjoy the fruits of our labor for it. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Outpatient Surgery Magazine podcast collection. We invite you to listen to more episodes in our community section online at www.outpatientsurgery.net and visit the Outpatient Surgery website often for new and exciting content.